Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northwood Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. Saturday Night Live. My name is Andrew, and I'll be your host today. SNL is the ministry of Northridge Church. You're all welcome to experience everything that Northridge has to offer. Northridge and SNL are proud to partner with Hope for Freedom Society. We are big fans of this ministry and count on ourselves fortunate to work alongside them this month. Celebrate Recovery is a place to experience freedom from life's hurts, habits, and hangups. We have a group that meets Friday nights just down the road at Highway Church, and there are literally CR groups all around the world. If you know that you're going to be moving out of town and want to know more about how to connect with CR, where you're you're living, just let us know. We like to celebrate recovery here at Saturday Night Life, and if you're comfortable sharing, where you're at in your recovery, take a moment to stand and share your milestone. All of our SNL services are streamed live on Facebook. Take a second to say hi to people watching online. This is the easiest way to stay connected to Northridge and SNL. Make sure you like, follow, and check in. And don't rush off. Have another cup of coffee and share your story with somebody. Also, take some time to check out the free clothing available for you tonight. It has been brought especially for you, so don't be shy to take as much as you want. Once again, we're glad you're here. You're ready to learn a little bit more about Jesus the most iconic figure who ever lived. Well done, Andrew. You're good at reading, but you're better at smiling. Well done. Good job. Yeah, you're hired. That's right. There you go. All right. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. Good to be here. Um, Today was day. If you're talking to Steve, he says he's 98%, but he sounds like he's about 6%. So I, I don't know. He might be lying about how good he's doing, but I know he was feeling karma this weekend. I hear there's something going through the house. And so I'm, anytime you see me drinking tea, you know that Jesus is coming back or I'm not feeling great because I'm more of a coffee guy. So I don't know what's happening, but uh, I'll try and get through all the talk today. Good news is I told the guy, I said it might be quicker than normal because I'm not feeling great. But um, last week, we talked through the story of Lazarus. Remember Lazarus, they said he's not doing well, Jesus got to come. Jesus, okay, I'm coming. And before he got there, he died. And I think I remember last last week I said, you know what, it was one of those things where I, I couldn't leave anything out in the text. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll clip little sections or I'll just focus in on one section of the text and camp there, and then I'll do a lot of talking around there. But uh, last week I couldn't resist walking through the whole section of text. And so I think I may have started something, and so we're going to do that again tonight. Um, but what you're going to find is there's one line that I've literally highlighted 
in um, the scripture tonight. And you're going to see it, and I'm going to go right past it, and then I'll come back to it and explain why I've highlighted that one little phrase. For those of you who aren't normal SNLers, we like to teach Jesus over and over and over. Um, if you come here enough, if I think it's impossible to get sick of Jesus, but we, we usually just teach Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And this year, this calendar year, basically since January, we've been teaching chronologically through the life of Jesus, uh, pulling from all four Gospels. And so today, I believe we're in Luke, and um, we're going to be in chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. And it goes like this. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. That's, I'm going to pause already. Um, just to kind of set the setting right now, every year, and, and sometimes several times a year, um, there are these feasts in Jerusalem. Jerusalem being the holy city. And so Jews from all over the place, wherever they are, they would, they would carry this pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts, to have these memorable moments. And so Jesus was literally kind of bundling in with a group of pilgrims. They would have been like whatever you see on TV with the camels and, and they're carrying their caravans and stuff like that. They're, they're all in this kind of line through the desert or whatever into Jerusalem. And Jesus would have kind of just stuck in line with them and he would be with them. And then there's a bunch of things that happen in this passage that are just like all over the place. It's just amazing the things Jesus is doing just on this journey to Jerusalem. One last thing I want to highlight about this journey is he is, it's, for Jesus, it's a death march, which sounds melodramatic, but it's literally Jesus walking to his death. He is 100% aware, he knows exactly what's waiting for him in Jerusalem. And not just because he's heard rumors from some of the Pharisees and Jews that, hey, he's really upsetting people, and, and they're starting to plot to kill him. It's more than a rumor. He knows God's plan for him is to give his life on the cross for us. And so Jesus is walking this journey, and he's doing all the things that we're going to see here, knowing full well that he is walking to his death. I don't know about you, but if I was living my last days... I would probably be sitting at home with my family. We'd have lots of things. I would eat lots of bad food. And uh, like I, I would not be doing the kinds of things that Jesus is doing. Well, let's pick up the story where we left off. We didn't really get very far, did we? Um, and as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Let me pause again. I, I don't know how much the average person knows about leprosy nowadays. It's kind of been eradicated. Um, but once upon a time, it was not only a physical, uh, highly contagious and dangerous illness to get, um, but it was also something where if you were a devout religious person, you would not, they were, they were called unclean. And that's why they were standing off. They knew that they weren't supposed to go up to a person. A, because they could give them leprosy, but B, because that would make them ceremonially unclean. And so they're staying for a ways off, but they're screaming out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. 
and as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Let me pause again. Again, this is, there's some stuff that, um, if, if you're reading your Bible regularly, you'll know these things about the Samaritans. The Samaritans were the hated. Um, is Richard here today? Richard did a really good job of describing a Samaritan a few weeks ago. Richard, how did you describe a Samaritan again? Yeah, half Arabic, half Jewish, and they were hated because of their mixed race. And so they were looked down on, and they were despised. And Jesus healed ten men with leprosy. He just kind of just told them, go show yourselves to the priest, because that was the way they could become clean again. Is that if they were declared by the priest to be clean. He said, just go see the priest, and on their way, they're healed. One guy realized that as he's walking, he's like, oh my goodness, he starts praising God and falls at the feet of Jesus. And that man was a Samaritan, one of the despised Samaritans. And Jesus says this, Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. That's the first thing Jesus just, as he's just kind of walking to his death, that's the first thing he does. He heals ten lepers. Uh, let's go on to verse 20, please. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in the way that can be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Pause again. Pharisees were the religious. The, the most religious of the religious. They followed God's law to the nth degree. In fact, they started to kind of invent even more laws to make them even more holy. And they were so devout and so um, uh, intentional about practicing their religion. What that led to, though, was pride. Is they felt very, they felt very good about themselves. But they were smart, and they cared, and they started to pick at Jesus' brain. It's just another thing Jesus is doing as he's walking to his death. He's, he's talking with the religious elite, and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. They're like, tell us about the kingdom of heaven. And he's like, you're not going to like walk on the road and see the kingdom of heaven. That's not how it's going to work. Uh, and he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there or look here. Do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights, uh, lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be on this day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. So let's talk about that for a second. A couple of things he's saying here. He's saying, be careful. There's going to be a lot of shiny lights and flashing bells and whistles. Don't get distracted. Okay? Uh, and the other thing he's talking about here uh, is he starts to prophesy his own death. He starts, we, we can see it very clearly here because we know how the story ends. We know that Jesus goes into Jerusalem and he's crucified on the cross. He's buried in the grave. And then he defeats death, rises from death, and ascends back to heaven. But here we see what he's talking about. But it was, must have been so confusing to the disciples. I don't think they fully got that he was going to this place to give himself as a lamb to slaughter. 
And that's what he's doing here, is he's prophesying his own death. And he starts talking about Noah. Can you go on to the next slide, please? Verse 27 says, They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Uh, I'm going to read on, and then I'll go back. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot. No, no, I'm going to start here. <laughs> um, Jesus is describing what happened just before, you know the story of the flood. Just before, just before the flood happened, remember Noah is devoutly following God's instructions. He's building this ark. But everybody around them was just partying like there was no tomorrow. Little did they know there was not going to be a tomorrow for them. And so they were all doing their thing until the floods came. Uh, likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating, drink, drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. God literally just blew up cities. What a cool scene. Uh, not to be a part of it, but yeah. Uh, so will be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down and take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Let's go to the next slide. Well, here we go. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two in one bed. One will be taken, the other one left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken, and the other left. Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken, the other left. And they said to him, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the body is, there the vultures or eagles will gather. Let me talk really quickly, but then I want to really camp in this one short verse. Remember Lot's wife. And this is actually, I'm stealing this from a lady named Christine Kane, who is an Australian or New Zealandish. What do you call a person from New Zealand? Kiwi. Kiwi. Okay, there you go. Nazi or Kiwi. Um, and um, she did a talk, and it was titled, Remember Lot's Wife. And I never thought of this short verse. Last week we had Jesus wept, which was the shortest, the two-word verse in the Bible. Now we got a three-word three verse, so we're really focusing in on the little ones. But remember Lot's wife. And it's a weird, I'm not going to say that Jesus is weird, but it's a weird thing to say because Jesus is describing a story that is something out of a blockbuster film where there's literally fire coming from the, from the sky, devouring two complete cities. It, there, there's this like a nuclear um, explosion on the planet. And Lot's wife, her part in the story is she got out of there in time. And, and her and her family, were, they, they got out safely until she didn't follow the instruction. And God's instruction to Lot and his family was don't look back. Whatever you do, do not look back. Because if you do, you're going to die. Well, Lot's wife turned, looked back, and she was killed instantly. And we're told here, even in and amongst all the fire and explosions and the craziness, to remember Lot's wife. And I'm totally stealing um, Christy Kane's observations. God was telling Lot, and he's telling us to remember the lesson, excuse me, he was telling Lot and Lot's wife, and he's telling us to remember that lesson, is that we're not meant to look back 
and long for or, or pine for the things of the past. Lot's family was saved from those explosions. They were saved from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. But instead of going into their new life and living their new life saved, she looked back. She could not resist looking back. And this is where I'm going to camp. I don't know if I've got more up there. I think I might just, I'm just going to camp here. Um, we do this all the time. I know I do this all the time. And if there's ever been a more fruitless activity than looking back into our past and wishing that something was different. Trying to fix the past, I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know what is more of a useless activity. The past is not happening anymore. We're living in the present. We're headed for the future. And one of the things that happens when we become children of God is we literally become new creations. What we were is no longer. It is wreckage. It is carnage. It is exploding cities. It's gone. And we are a new creation. And he's got something new for us. And what I experience in my own life, and when I talk to people, I see this a lot. Where we sit in these chairs, and we think about, oh man, I just wish I could go back and I could fix this one thing. Or I need to get out of here so I can go and do this and, and, and attend to this thing in my old life. And the word that I believe that we've got for you today is that he's calling you into something new. And I'll tell you, so I'm 51 now, and over and over and over, what I've seen about my God is that what he's got for me is infinitely better than what I even want for myself. I use the example, thank you. Uh, I use the example of my wife, and I'll say it now because she just walked out for a little bit. Um, if I were to have written a list of everything that I wanted in a wife, I got married when I was 22. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But I, I got married when I was 22, and if I was a 22-year-old David Buzzer, looking at what do I want in a wife? What is every characteristic that I want in a wife? And if I wrote them all down, I would feel so ripped off if God answered my prayer 100%. Because he gave me things in Carolee that I had no idea that I wanted and needed. His gifts, there you go, you that. His, his, his gifts for us, his plan for us is better than we can come up for ourselves. And if you ever want to do a compare and contrast, Look at where we go when we're running the ship. Look at how things go when we're the boss. Look at how things go when we are the ones making decisions and, and pursuing things that we think are going to be good for us. And now compare that to God's perfect plan for us going forward. Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't look at what was done. Okay? And, and now I, I want to kind of qualify that a little bit. I was just talking to somebody who's working on their on their step four, and I know that step five is gonna be bringing that and, um, and kind of confessing those things, and then you're gonna to need to make amends. And that's good, but that's part of the forward journey. Okay, those, those kind of attention to the things of the past, that's a part of your new life and a part of your new journey. And what I love is watching people come out of bondage, out of slavery, 
and, and walk in this new life and come back to people who they've wronged. And you hear the stories over and over again. Man, you're different. Like if you ran into somebody that you knew 20 years ago, what would they say about you? You might be a little different. Yeah, a little different. Okay, and there's, I can say that about a lot of people here. Um, but we're meant to be different. Something has changed in our lives. When we choose Jesus as our king, when we start to listen to him, when we start to obey him and follow what he has for us, we're walking a different way. We're not meant to go back anymore. We're not meant to long for what was. That's what was done. That's the old stuff. He's got something new and better for us. Doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing all the time. Believe me, there's still going to be bumps in the road. There's still going to be challenges. But now you're not walking it as your own God. Now you're not walking it kingless. Now you're walking it under the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And He loves you and He cares for you. He wants to walk with you and before you. In fact, He describes walking before you, behind you, beside you, above you, below you. So the words I want to pull out are remember Lot's wife. Remember what happened to her when she looked back. Learn from Lot's wife. Turn your eyes forward. Tune your ears to what he has for you in the future, in the, in the present, in the moment, and what's coming still. Pay attention to where he has for you to go. I can invite the worship team to come back up here. Just want to say a couple more things, but uh, if you guys get ready for your, your next song, we get. Um, again, I hope I'm not pointing fingers because I know I'm chief of sinners when it comes to this. Uh, I think guys, we often like to fix things. I'm not good at fixing anything really. If it's broken, I can only make it more broken than she did. Seems, but. My tendency, and you can ask Carolee about this, when she shares something with me, I start to think about, well, how can we fix it? How can we go back and fix it? And you know, I feel challenged and stirred up to be more forward thinking, to be more in tune with the steps that God has for you to take going forward in the future. And, and I want to encourage you, uh, after we, we sing this song, I'm going to put out an invitation. If you want to become a new creation, if you're done looking back and looking at the wreckage, I'm going to invite you uh, in a way that you can be adopted into the family of God, be a child of God, and become a new creation. But first, let's stand and let's sing together. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry, or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.